Uh, I just I just hit record. All right. So we're back again because my laptop once again decided to boot itself at random and forcing us to start the call over. So I'm going to read a little story as as an introduction. Once upon a time, there were three little laptops. The first laptop built its house out of bad processors. I took it back and told the manager, you sold me a faulty product. Give me back my $500. She said, you're one day past the return policy. I said, you sold me a faulty product. I admit it took me a month and a day to realize it was the hardware and not Windows, but it's not my fault that the defects of this computer and of Windows 10 are virtually identical. Cut me a break and give me back my $500, will you? She said, not by the hair on my chinny-chin-chin. You can trade it for another of the same model or trade it for store credit. Fine, give me another of the same model. The second laptop built its house out of a bad hard drive, which growled like an angry Rottweiler and was hours away from failing permanently. I took it back and told the manager, you sold me two faulty products. Give me back my $500. She said, you were one day past the return policy. I said, you sold me two faulty products. You're the problem here, not me. I'm not sitting on these computers. I'm not filling them with malware. I'm not leaving them in the sun or dunking them in the toilet. They're coming pre-broken from your store. I can understand if there was a month or even a week past the return policy, but not one day. A company worth its salt would cut me a break and want me to keep coming back here. Give me back my $500. She said, not by the hair on my chinny-chin-chin. You can trade it for another of the same model or trade it for store credit. So I can exchange it for another computer with another hardware problem, or I can exchange it for store credit in a store I will never shop at again. She shrugged. Her coworker said, try an Asus laptop instead. They're top of the line and don't cost much more. Exhausted, I gave it a shot and spent another 200 on top of the store credit. Can't possibly get three faulty laptops in a row from the same store, can I? That would be cartoonish. The third little laptop built its house out of fifth-rate AMD electronics, faulty display hardware, faulty sound hardware, and another $100 of repairs because I couldn't afford to buy a new computer from another place, couldn't get a refund, as was well established, and couldn't afford to be without a computer for several months while it sat in an Asus repair shop on, on another part of the globe. I didn't bother going back. I was afraid I'd huff and puff and blow that shoddy company down. The moral of the story is, if you want a new computer, build it yourself. Don't buy it from Fry's. Wow, that was that was great. That um, was my official review on a uh, company review site for Fry's Electronics in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> that's that is beautiful. <laughs> wow, um, I have nothing to add to that. So, uh, <laughs> man, that was good. Um, I know. Uh, so, everyone listening at home. Uh, if you're not at home, turn this off right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously, what's wrong with you? Listening to a podcast while you're driving. People get yeah. into accidents that way. What if I say something hilarious and you crash and die? Um, he does that. He's known for that. I, I've killed, like, 14 people. I was in the hospital last month because I was listening to his stuff. Please, please, put a stop to the madness. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know this episode had the intro of Undercooked Analysis, but... What you are actually listening to right now, everybody, is what's called a backdoor pilot. Uh, and no, a backdoor pilot is not like a guy who flies, flies planes and fucks people in the butt. Um, well, back- you should have told me, because you should have told me that ahead of time, because I got my pants off. It's true. Uh, you can't see, you can't see my, my, uh, co-host, uh, but he is in a sexy pilot outfit. Um, which Left I over did- from last Halloween. Which I didn't know was a thing. Um, but let's, get into the intro because this is a pilot to a series that's been picked up already uh welcome we are the creepy cooking staff we work with the ingredients you give us no matter how foul and we try and make something at least edible out of it uh my co-host is big and he has big guts uh the man behind whisper (laughs) (laughs) i see what you the man behind whispers which as we all know became episode 16 of midnight marinara uh uh welcome back mike mcd everybody Mike, how, how the hell are you? 
I'm doing I'm doing pretty good apart from computer issues. Uh, thanks for inviting me to the kitchen. Uh, no problem. Uh, I I had this idea for a spinoff podcast, and the very first thing I thought is uh, I need to find a co-host who's who's a much better writer than I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've never done stand-up, so that that's that's fair. Um, so you so... Get, you got you you're you're. You're one up on me on, on that end, at least, I guess. So after this episode, we will be having uh, guests that are going to assist us in uh, uh, what's going to happen today. And a lot of you are asking, what is going to happen here? Well, Even I'm asking that. What, what's going to happen here is what I meant when I said we work with the ingredients you give us and try and make something at least edible out of it is that I have gone to the Too Spooky Discord and asked a series of questions of uh, our regulars. Uh, little did they know, I was probing them for writing prompts. They've all been probed. Um, so we're going and his probing to... is his probing is very thorough too. I've seen it. We we are going to take. Uh, uh, that's just how the first episode is going to go. From here on out, uh, we're going to take to uh, Twitter to get suggestions uh, for stories. But this first episode, we went to the Too Spooky Discord. Uh, Mike has no idea what I'm about to tell him, um, because I, I asked the Too Spooky Discord, uh, the leading question I asked them is, what do you think is the worst genre of creepypasta? <laughs> um, I, I do, I do actually remember you telling me this, but this is I, I the did, most I told. did tell you that. I didn't tell you the two additional things about our story that we have to, because what Mike and I are about to do is we are going to brainstorm the skeleton of a story. Using the, these uh, suggestions, um, and Mike, are you ready to hear what we have to write? Um, I'm probably never going to be ready, so you may as well lay it on. Okay, me. we need to write a haunted cartridge story about Buck Bumble. Buck Bumble, and it has to include a dead or lost lover. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we have to work with. All right, so. The first, the first issue is I, I have in fact not played Buck Bumble. I do remember you guys going on a tangent about it a couple of times on the on the podcast. Um, but I am familiar with uh, haunted game, haunted cartridge stories. So my first thought on that is uh, we can make a list of all the common tropes that are the reason why those stories are terrible, and then just not do them. Just right. do do something else. So, and then maybe we could come up with a skeleton for, like, the first decent haunted cartridge game ever. Unless you count Pale Luna, which I don't know if it would count. Uh, I think you can count Pale Luna, but I think if we're talking haunted cartridge stories based on actual games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In which case, we're talking more like Ben Drowned and Godzilla.exe or whatever the fuck it's called. So, let's go into some plot for, uh, and this, and this is me reading right off the Wikipedia. Uh, for the 1998 uh, Ubi Ubisoft game, Buck Bumble. <laughs> the year is 2010, and as a result of a previous spill at a chemical factory in London, England, the insects in the surrounding area have mutated. Several different types of these mutated insects gathered together to become becoming the evil herd, who are bent on taking over the garden and eventually the whole world. A herd of insects. Somebody yes. didn't do their research. <laughs> I mean, Hive Hive was right there. <laughs> yeah, right? The game cast the player as Buck Bumble. As a Buck Bumble. A vol- I, so want, is, is, I, is I there... wonder if that's correct. Yeah, is, is there more than one Buck Bumble in, in the Buck Bumble universe? Because what it says on the wiki is the game cast the player as 
a Buck Bumble, as in Buck Bumble is a thing you can become, not a person, or a bee. A volunteer bumblebee that gets implanted with cyborg technology. He is part of an organization known as the Resistance that is trying to stop the evil herd army. Buck's mission... Again, again, they dropped the ball again. They could have called them the Raiders. Twice. They dropped it (laughs) twice. Buck's missions send him to defend the Resistance base, attacking herd supply lines, while traveling through sewers and eventually fighting the herd's mantis-style queen. So it's a third-person shooter where you're a bee. I'm looking at pictures now, too, and he looks very uh, Super Sentai-esque, which is, is kind of cool, so I'm, da- I'm down with it. Uh, and the, the other thing we need to know it, that's important important to note is uh, that a rare peripheral, a rare sought-after peripheral came at us, which is the Buck Bumble Rumble Pack, <laughs> which was just a s- yellow and black striped rumble pack. <laughs> So three times they dropped the ball. They could have just called it the Buck Bumble Pack. They could just kind of could have called it the Bumble Pack. <laughs> Bumble Pack. <laughs> this is why the N64 wasn't as successful as it could have been, guys. It just they they don't know how to play ball. They keep dropping it. Man. So there's what we know. Na- he does look kind of cool. Yeah, he he's got a he's got a pleasing design. So there's what we know now about Buck Bumble. Um. <laughs> well, about a Buck Bumble. About about Bumble. one of the Buck Bumbles. Of many countless Buck Bumbles. I guess that's what they call any bee who's got cyber armor. If, if, if we're going by what the, what the Wikipedia article is saying grammatically. His so. name is Buck, and he likes to fuck up. <laughs> My name is Bumble. I like to rumble. So. So, so we have a tagline for our story already. We, his uh, name no. is Bumble, and he likes <laughs> to rumble. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, from. So the building block is the haunted cartridge story. That's the first block. What 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 happens in a haunted cartridge story that we don't want to happen here? Well, he usually gets they usually get the game from a swap meet of some kind. Yeah. And there's something it half the time there's something obviously wrong with it, and sometimes it looks normal, or maybe it's got like uh, a custom like little tape logo on there, like the actual label isn't on there or something so, like that. It's very so, clearly used. Let's strip that away. And this is a this is a copy of Buck Bumble they've owned since childhood. So they've played this before. Yeah, and it was fun. All right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, the, the I I know the first thing I think of whenever someone mentions haunted cartridge stories is uh, they inexplicably continue playing the game even though they have no reason not to shut it off and burn it. Right. Right. So, so our protagonist needs a reason to see this through to the end. And uh, that could be where our uh, our, our dead lover, our dead our dead lover, lover comes, comes in. in. Yeah. Yeah. So the haunted aspect could be he's seeing traces of. Okay, so let's say he's had this since childhood. Right. His child he used to play it all the time with his childhood sweetheart. She dies in an accident, and then he's bitter and jaded as he grows up. And then later he goes back to play this game again, and he's seeing traces of the lover in the protagonist in the game. So he has to beat the game without dying, which he is now an expert in because he's played all the time. Uh, because if the character dies in game, then his sweetheart, the last of his sweetheart's consciousness, goes with it. So that would be an excuse for him to continue playing and not stop, no matter how scary it gets. Hmm. That's one way we could do it. Because we, I, I, I don't know if necessarily a dead I lover would think... have to be a protagonist, or if it would be something in-game, and that's like the, the catalyst for all the weird stuff in the game. But but I think that is a key thing we would have to address if we're trying to make I, I uh, like a Carter story. I like that if we drop the idea that he's like trying to preserve the memory of his dead lover in the game. Because I think I think that would show too much awareness on his part of what's happening too fast. That's true. Um, I, I think I there's think also the other 
the other aspect is like maybe the dead lover was really bad, but like a really terrible person and is trying and was like a stalker and is trying to come back to him through the game. So then he has to actually beat the game to get rid of her for good. So that's another way we could do it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get rid of this crazy bitch. Get her out of my life. She's gonna haunt me forever. Oh, um, or we could do fe- we could do female protag, and the the cartridge used to belong to like an abusive ex boyfriend. Yeah, it could be it's like the it could be male or female dead lover. Could go either way. Because the the first thing I think when I see Buck Bumble is it was owned by a lot of abusive boyfriends. <laughs> How do you figure that? I, you know, no, one, you, can, no you... one can see it, but I'm looking around shiftily. Um, did you know a guy named Buck who used to bumble you a lot? Uh, maybe I don't want to get into it. All right, that's fair. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's some some of that will probably come out subconsciously as we write the story. Anyway, we'll, we'll just wait and see. All right, but uh, I won't press. Now, now that we've just... edit, now that we've edited out the ten minutes of me crying, um... <laughs> I'm sorry, Alan. I'm too far. It's it's uh, it's okay. Um, I meant well. All right. So this this skeleton is starting to take shape. I think I think we have a rib cage. Uh, You're right. It would it would be more effective to kind of slowly reveal what's going on throughout rather than reveal it right at, right from the start. Because um, they t- those stories do, do kind of they do kind of blow their wad pretty early. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then it's just like it's like on and on and like he keeps playing and even though it's getting scary and scary but he has to see it through for some reason you know and and it's just it just and that's another thing that's wrong with it's like it's very redundant because you're you're they've already clearly established there's something wrong and the protagonist sometimes is just too stupid to realize it initially or you know right so how do we incorporate the bumble pack <laughs> that's a good question I feel Maybe like it's... I feel like we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't incorporate the bumble. Yeah, and in the story, it will be referred to as the Bumble because at least we will get it. I wonder if it's, he's played the game since he was since he was a kid, and the game is fine. It's the Bumble Pack that's the problem. Ooh, when he plugs that in, then it starts getting weird because it's his it's it's his or her dead lover's Bumble Pack. Maybe maybe that, he, maybe it's like Hellraiser and he bled on it or something, or she or whichever. It's it genders are up in the air right now. It's whatever. Um, yeah, and we we still don't know if it's an abusive or a good relationship yet. So. I feel like we'll figure that out as we go. Right. Um, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe the abusive relationship aspect is kind of true. When, when's the last time it was just like a good, healthy relationship? Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of passes about like really stalkery or abusive relationships, right? Or otherwise dysfunctional. We could probably, probably get away with having one that was pretty nice and maybe it was cut short. Yeah. Yeah. We could, we could give this a, we could give this a nice ending. <laughs> We can make we can make an a goosebumps a goosebumps story with a happy ending. Um, a goosebumble. Uh, as as an aside, have you ever read uh what's what's the goosebumps story that uh uh in the end it was the monsters from the story writing a horror story? I don't know. I didn't actually read goosebumps. It was it, yes. It was called the blob that ate everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and as as it uh, and as it approaches the climax of the story, the two main kids like kill the blob. But then it goes into this epilogue chapter. Up, uh, goes into this epilogue chapter uh, where a blob is writing a story, <laughs> and uh, his he shows it to his friend Blob, and the friend Blob is like, uh, "It's so violent! I can't believe you wrote this horror story where these children murder one of our kind." <laughs> and he's like, "You're right. I'm changing the ending. It's a happy ending. The Blob eats the children." <laughs> I mean, it's still a better ending than they were all dogs the whole time. Yes. 
Which one was that again? <laughs> uh, that was uh, my hairy adventure, my hairiest adventure, or something like. Uh, yeah, and they they I think that was a, like my hairy a hairy adventure or my hairiest adventure or something like that, and they they adapted it for the Goosebumps TV show, and they got and as usual they got the worst actors imaginable, like had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> oh my god, that kind of shit. Um, but yeah, I never read. Uh, I never actually read Goosebumps as a kid. I was reading uh, scary, the Scary Stories for Sleepovers series, uh, which kept me up nights because they did it right. Like those stories always ended badly. <laughs> yes, so, it, it was. It was in fact. I remembered the name exactly. Called my hairiest adventure. That's yeah. That was it. You had it. Did you ever uh, read the Scary Stories for Sleepovers books? Hell yes. Um, uh, not the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. The Scary Stories for Sleepovers. Uh, I did read those. But, so but, you remember the one called Shadow Play in the first book? But the, uh, no. the the kid and his mom and his dad move into a new house, and it turns out a kid and a, and his mom and his dad died there, were the previous owners, and they died. They were like murdered there in their sleep or something. So now their angry spirits are possessing the shadows in the house. So the kid can't go to sleep at night because he has to keep his light on. Because if he turns the light out, the shadows are gonna and he can see them like trying to move in to get him even when the lights are on. And uh, spoiler, the shadow family kills the real family at the end. And little Michael, who was still in elementary school at the time. Uh, the same age as the kid who died in that story, <laughs> didn't sleep for two weeks. <laughs> Rad. <laughs> I, uh, as an aside, I do have the collection. It's all the scary stories uh, to tell in the dark. All three yeah, of them. Yeah, I got I got all three in the in the hardcover anthology collection. So I I still break that one out once in a while. Yeah, that art that artwork is so still so fucking good. Um, yeah, it definitely was written for a young a much younger audience than the scary stories for sleepover stuff. Because scary stories for sleepovers it was like borderline junior high and i think uh scary stories to tell them in the dark was more for like much younger kids like maybe third graders but uh you can tell by the writing style how short they are and how basic they are and, and even though they're kind of written in an oral style uh, but they're a really great introduction for kids for like horror and folk tales and stuff and yeah stories for third graders absolutely <laughs> S- still that Especially... still that artwork though <laughs> <laughs> yeah by a guy who was uh, who made a career out of being a children's like book artist, no da- no less. So he, apparently he could draw cutesy stuff too, or he did nothing but draw terrifying shit to induce nightmares in the children that saw it. I just, don't know. Maybe just, he didn't like kids. Let's just really fuck with some heads. Let's go. <laughs> um. So Buck Bumble. Uh. Yeah. What do you think of the that uh, that it's actually a it's technically a haunted cartridge game because the the Bumble Pack is haunted. Uh, you think that's you think that's stretching it a little bit, or you think we could work with that? I think we could work with. Um, so the haunted lover is in the game, in in the bumble pack. Hmm. Maybe that's. So we'd have to think how old the protagonist is when they when they get this thing and start playing it again. So they probably probably be in like college. They and uh, maybe that maybe they were. Maybe the the lover passed away in an accident or something while while they weren't actually seeing each other anymore and then uh the mom or dad call calls him up let's let's just let's assume just for the sake of arguments like this male protagonist girlfriend ex-girlfriend died that he was really fond of it didn't yeah. work out so right uh the mom or dad calls him up and says we got some of her things that we think you she would have liked you to have because we don't we can't really bring ourselves to sell them but we can't you know really have anything to do with them and one of them is this little bumble pack and and that reminds him oh yeah we used to play this game together as kids all the time so he pops it in and plays it and then that's what when the weird stuff starts happening, because it's the what's left of her spirit is in the is in the bumble pack, uh, and that's affecting the game. So it could be that that's that's the most logical thing I could think of for how he could get how he could get it that doesn't involve like a swap meet. Yeah, 
or a cartridge obviously covered in like noxious slime it's whatever i mean story for, for, ex- read. for example <laughs> um was that uh the 1080 snowboarding one that was it yeah the snowboarding one <laughs> yeah I, I i i will never be able to live down my surprise that there was a uh creepypasta for snowboarding and not buck bumble <laughs> i mean i'm I'm not sure if there was one for Mischief Makers, because uh, truth be told, I was really hoping that Mischief Makers was the game that you were going to be, because I'm I was like a huge fan of that one, and I knew it inside and out. I I did like I did like Mischief Makers, but no no I had I had to I I I heard this suggestion was and was instantly like man, <laughs> that's gotta be the one. Yeah, I mean it's just the title alone just does not lend itself to horror, so of course we got to go. <laughs> Buck Bumble. <laughs> so, how 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 does how does uh, our dead lover influence a game? Man, that's gonna be a tough one. How does it usually happen in these in these stories? Like, there's always hyper realistic blood and eyes, right? Yeah, and and yeah. Uh... so no missing eyes, no no. If we try try to do just no blood in general, because no, it's always something right. gory, absolutely no blood. every time. And you know what? Maybe not even anything related to how she died. Yeah. It, it could, Maybe it's it's it could be it'd be like uh, my girlfriend keeps messaging me on Facebook where it's like little things from their past relationship keep popping up in the game and reminding him. So it's something a little more subtle in the beginning. Right. Maybe maybe the two of them had a song, and that song like becomes like a a a level song, like in game music. Well, the first thing I just thought of was like if you ever play games with your with your friends, uh, sometimes you come up with these stupid little catchphrases that you keep using. It could be like one of their little catchphrases they had when they were playing that game pops up in the in-game text. Like whenever he beats a level, it's like they used, they used to say, welcome to the hole or something like that. And then it pops up at the end of every level or, or, or it's a different one that they used to say just popping up. And he's like, wait a minute. No, is that where we got that from? Maybe this is, is that where we got that from? And we just kept saying it over and over. And then he beats the next level and then another one pops. And he's like, holy shit. No, that's not from the game. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Uh, and other little things could be popping up uh, in between that, so it wouldn't just be that. In, in... It could be something like, uh, like when they get it, when someone like, hmm, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to play this game again to know. Uh... <laughs> whatever the whatever the catchphrase is, it has to have some kind of rhyming with Bumble. Buck Bumble fumbled your rumble or something <laughs> stupid like that. Like some something something that like junior high kids say. Yeah, we are, we already came up with Buck Bumble is ready to rumble earlier. <laughs> Is that actually from the game, though? Is this like the fourth time they've dropped the ball? They didn't use that as a phrase in the game? I I seriously feel like I'd have to fight them if that was not the case. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to go to Ubisoft in in the state Ubisoft is in now and lodge, and, lodge, and, lodge a, and lodge our series of complaints about Buck Bumble. <laughs> so, guys, seriously, Buck Bumble Rumble Pack? You can just call it the Bumble Pack? Come on. You know, it's like, who's your, who's in charge of your fucking marketing department? It's like, well, not the guy who was in charge of it back then. That's besides the point. <laughs> They're like, just, can't you, can't you just be mad about Assassin's Creed like everybody else? <laughs> the fuck is this guy? I'm having Sam and Max flashbacks when he was a sting operation on the, on that rat who was just eating cheese in an alley and he's like, who are these guys? <laughs> okay, um. Well, we could just say that's like we'll just assume that that's our phrase. Like, Buck Bumble's ready to rumble. And if you play the game later, and it turns out they actually have that in the game, you could like just finagle something similar. Yeah. And, and we'll just, that that's something we'll worry about for the editing process. Right. Right. 
Um, so what else? What other things could be popping up in this? Because you you're more familiar with the game than I have. I I, I hadn't even heard of it until you guys kept name dropping it in the podcast. So and I had an N60. Um, so what are there some other things that uh, you remember in the gameplay that could be tweaked as uh, some kind of subconscious reminder of a past relationship? It had split screen multiplayer. That start. There could be uh, at one point. There's a glitch and it goes to split screen. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and somebody's uh, joining him, and he's like, "Holy shit, what?" <laughs> so he just rolls with it at first, and then the other player, the ghost player, starts doing stuff that she used to do. That could be maybe that could be the next huh. step after the little catchphrases pop up because like yeah, start yeah, subtle. Yeah, that could, that could be that could be the escalation. Huh? What a neat what a neat little haunted cartridge story, actually. <laughs> Slight problem though. So far, I don't know if it's necessarily scary. Because this could be this could be a very bittersweet story with what we got so, going so far. But does it? Do we need to have some kind of a horror aspect to it? Other other than the fact that there's there's like clearly something weird supernatural going on with this game once he gets partway through it. Um, I mean, we or could... could we get away with it being like kind of a kind of a ghostly send off to a dead girlfriend? Yeah, I mean, we're we're fulfilling in my eyes the requirements of what a haunted cartridge story should be. The cartridge is literally haunted. I mean, to be fair, if we were fulfilling what it should be, then there would also be, like, eyeless girlfriend and eyeless Buck Bumble, hyper-realistic Buck Bumble with blood coming out of his eye sockets and random creepy catchphrases and shit. But So we're probably going to, at least for the time being, uh, we're we're putting together something that's less scary and more bittersweet. Yeah. All right. But I, 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 I do, I, I did just come up with a note. Um, here's my note. Are you ready? Yeah. Can we name the girlfriend eyeless? <laughs> like like it's like it's like it's a unique name like i like i i i l i c is that an actual name or maybe we could get away with it i mean it could it could just be a, it could just be a really unique name could be her <laughs> this might be pushing it or if her name's iris but they used to call her eyeless because she was like kind of a weeaboo so they would like make the make the joke Asian stereotype accent and it took, oh Iris you got the new anime game stop calling me that stop talking like that that's not cool yes it might be pu- might be pushing it a bit but it would work without having to worry about whether or not it could be passed as a real name on the other hand people give their kids pretty stupid names nowadays oh yeah they do so um so <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other other ways we could take like stereotypical creepypasta shit and turn them into names like hypa. Like the, the protagonist <laughs> name, protagonist name is Hypa. The dead girlfriend is Eyeless. <laughs> <laughs> Buck Bumble has two multiplayer modes. The first, Buck Battle, allows two players up to two players to engage in an airborne dogfight on a set map. The second, the second is a football style game called Buzzball. The goal is to hit a giant football into the opposing opposing player's net. The player has to kill his opponent in the process. Huh. Those are the only multiplayer options for it. Yes. Okay. So, well, so here's here's something we could still we could still use this because uh, my N64. I don't know if this is a common thing for the N64. I feel like it is. Uh, you know how the, the the power source, like you the the one end of the cord you plug into the wall, the other end has that big big brick that yeah. plugs into the back. Oh yeah. yeah. Mine always sags because that thing's so heavy, and when it sags in the plug to a certain point uh, because of gravity and poor design. Um, eventually it tweaks the, the plug on the inside and it causes the system to keep resetting itself. Hmm. So I have to prop something underneath it to keep it level so it doesn't do that. So it could be his N64 has the same problem and that's when, that's, that's when the next weird thing happens. Like maybe he's playing single player. He sees the weird little catchphrase hints 
to remind him of remind him of the girlfriend he used to play his with. And then it does that damn reset glitch that he forgot about. So he gets a book and sticks it under there, and then it's reset the game and started a multiplayer game. Hmm. I like it. Um. And that could something like that could foreshadow like maybe near the end when like he thinks maybe he's gonna be able to reconnect with the last of her spirit, and then the damn thing comes unplugged again, and when he fixes it, the game's back to normal and she's gone. All right. So possible possible ending idea we could play with, depending what we end up with later. No, I'm yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, it's again, it's really depressing. Again, I'm into again, it <laughs> again. Uh, this is just real sad and not a horror story. <laughs> yeah, so that's the that's the only thing I'm really worried about so far. Is like, cause we can we can make a decent haunted card church story that doesn't fall into all the same tropes, but could we make it scary? Like, does it need to be scary? Because most people read these things to get scared. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there is a way to make this scarier, just roll with the roll with the supernatural drama aspect. How how would? Because it seems like the easiest way to make it scary is make 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 the former relationship an abusive one. But we already established that's such a common trope with this sort of thing. Yeah, know, yeah. That just want to avoid it altogether. Oh, wait a minute. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Remember that story? The, this, the picture that everyone always remembers is the scariest. Is that friggin' ghoul woman from the, from the haunting story? Yes. Yeah. What if, uh, eventually when he's playing the game, the little in-game specter of his girlfriend is trying to tell him, like, what happened to him so he can figure out, and he figures out she was murdered and he does something about that? Um. That kind of it's 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 kind of tropey, but it might work. It's 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 an old trope though, not one that gets used a whole hell of a lot anymore. Yeah, uh, like this is this is how I how, how I was murdered. Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking too of a little bit of Pale Luna because like one of the things that really worked um, with Pale Luna was that it could have it was kind of a murder mystery thing, and it could have actually happened. You know? So this so ours ours couldn't actually happen because it involves a ghost. Um, but there could be some real world real world consequence that's being brought to light that he doesn't know about. Um, uh, yeah, what if she's what if she's what if she went missing? They don't know she's dead, and the thing is telling him is like, "I'm dead. This is where you find my body. Come, please lay me to rest, or something like that." That's 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 a good possibility. Uh, one thing I was about to say, we had mentioned like they had they had like broken it up like for some reason. Uh, I mean, we already said he went to college, so yeah. It might not have been a bad breakup. It might have just been like it wasn't working out, but they remained friends, and then they kind of drifted apart, and then no one knows where she is now. Hmm. Yeah, I mean th- those kind of breakups happen. Uh, that was that's that's how I broke up with a girl in uh, middle school. I, I just had to move. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got reconnected through a game of Buck Bumble. Yeah, <laughs> it was Beetle Adventure Racing X. <laughs> <laughs> but was she a ghost at the time? Uh oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Damn ghost girlfriends coming back asking for money ghost money that i don't have i ain't saying she's a ghost digger <laughs> <laughs> so that could be a possibility maybe she's they, he doesn't no one knows she's dead she's just been gone for a long time and, and this is how he finds out but then then i'm wondering how it is if she's not actually actually dead then how is the how does the bumble pack aspect come into the haunting you know like how does she affect the bumble pack as a ghost um well, I mean, she's actually dead. I don't. Um, I, I thought we were we were going with that she was actually dead. Yeah, she's actually dead. I'm just wondering, like, like if she, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm backtracking a little bit, trying to figure out like how it is that she that she has haunted the Bumble Pack. Like, was she living in that same place when she died? And that's and they like she, she had it with her in her new apartment, and uh, or maybe it's just 
some tiny it's maybe it's just the connection that they had is what kind of brings that aspect of her spirit out of the past through right. that little item. that's that's and that's kind of what i was thinking so it doesn't matter if she died near it it's just like the the connection they had was enough to kind of yeah. summon her to that point yeah so that that can make it work <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be like uh her blood got on the bumble pack yeah that's true and we did say we we're gonna avoid blood altogether cause yes that's tripped as hell um all right, so we have the general idea, at least. Uh, he's playing the game and these little clues from their childhood and their previous relationship stuff. Maybe it starts off with, like, little childhood things, and then the further he gets in the game, uh, the further it gets in the relationship, and then he starts seeing quotes or little uh, imagery from different parts of the relationship as they got older and grew closer together, and maybe even stuff from the breakup. So, it's so like, as he's playing through this game, he's kind of getting the relationship replayed for him. And then that would prevent us from having to explain what the relationship was like beforehand. We could just... Ex- we could tell that story through what he's experiencing in the game, and then through revealing those details, um, we know how the relationship went. Right. Like when Buck Bumble had a pregnancy scare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could do that, you know? Who cares? <laughs> it might work. It could be, there could be a boss where th- that, involved, that involves something like that in a really grotesque way. <laughs> then we can bring the horror element into it. There's the horror. Yeah, not not actual like gore or anything, but just like the the idea of what's going, what's being represented here. Like, oh god, wait a minute, no, this can't be a coincidence. I don't fucking remember this level. <laughs> I don't remember the giant bug queen abortion level. What the hell? <laughs> As like a super like bit crushed version of Brick by Ben Folds plays. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a fucked up joke. Um. <laughs> It could, it could even be, like, uh, music in the background. It could just be, like, a little end-of-level sting. And it's just, like, a few notes, but he recognizes the notes. He's like, holy shit, wait a minute. Is that, that, that's, that sounds like the Ben Folds song. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, so they could have gone through some really rocky stuff while they were together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that could be illustrated in what's going on in the game. And then we could have kind of a horror aspect there in that this game is, like, replaying stuff that he went through in his past. Uh, this is actually something I, I did something like this in um, I wrote this really long horror story I posted on my creepypasta wiki profile called the portrait of Noel Dumont where I did something similar um, where I didn't explain what the protagonist's relationship with this dead boy was um, beforehand I revealed the details through these weird dream visions she kept having because she was living in a house with a friend who was buying the dead boyfriend's paintings and like collecting his gallery because uh, she wanted to preserve his work because he was a genius artist and this one painting, every night she keeps dreaming that it's animating, and the little and it's it's this little family of ragdolls, but the little ragdolls play different parts every time, and it's showing all these... She figures out what it's showing her is, like, it's replaying all the stuff that happened uh, to her and her friends and the boyfriend and their relationship and what ended up making him go crazy and kill a bunch of people and himself and all this other stuff. But it's being played out in the, in the paintings. Uh, so I don't just, like explain everything that happened in the beginning of the story and then replay it in the visuals, you know, because that's redundant. Right. Um, so we'd be doing something similar here where, like, we don't bother explaining. We drop little hints, maybe, what the relationship was like, but we don't actually explain any details. We bring the details of their relationship out through what's happening in the game. Right. So then we simultaneously have the weird haunted game thing going on, and also we're we're getting uh, a, re- a, a cutesy little bumblebee cyborg replay of their past relationship and their history together. Yeah. So I like, I like how, that. I like that yeah, a lot. So, so we got to figure out how. I guess at at some maybe it's like what you said. Like there was a pregnancy scare, and then they started having issues over whether or not to keep the kid, and then that's kind of what led to them breaking up. Maybe one of them, one of them turned to turned to alcohol abuse or something at some point, uh, or already was. 
in that state, and it just kind of went downhill from there. And they just needed to to separate because they were they realized that we're bringing out the worst of each in each in each other by being that close together. So that could be where like the game starts getting more and more fucked up because that always happens. But but uh, it always kind of starts off pretty early. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, I, and I feel like this would actually have some mean because like whenever these whenever another trope of the haunted cartridge games is like all this fucked up stuff happens just for no reason really. Um, this would at least have some like basis in in something in the character the main character's personal life. So it actually have some meaning behind it. Um. So I mean, honestly, I want to keep the I want to keep the pregnancy scare aspect like maybe as a boss level or something because I I think I think that's too golden to pass up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that could be like near that could be like near the end. You know, it's like when it starts getting really fucked up and that was like the make or break part of their relationship and then that could be like holy shit I know exactly what's happening here. Maybe he never maybe they never like reconciled after their after their like maybe it was kind of a rocky breakup and they never spoke to each other again and he's mad that they didn't really get to resolve any of that. So this. What's happening in the game is she's like giving him this one last chance to kind of reconcile with each other is, uh, before uh, she finally passes on. Is uh, our protagonist uh, an alcoholic uh, during the story? That's a good question. Is it could, uh, it could be he it could be he turned to alcoholism afterward, is, and then by the end by the end of this, it kind of helps him like get a, get off of the get off the bottle. Is is that how we justify him? Is maybe him like mixing pills with alcohol? How we justify his con- continuing to play? Because uh, maybe he doesn't like he think he could he could think this is all in his head. Yeah, at a, at a certain point he'd start to kind of sober up and realize, nope, this is really happening. Or we could leave it where like he's never really sure. Yeah, whether or not that's a, too much of a cop out, I don't know. But that's that's something we could keep in mind. So like we have a couple of possible endings. Like it could be it's really happening, or it could be like a leave it up in the air, leave it up to the reader to decide if he was really seeing this happen or if it was because of him mixing the booze and the drink or, and the pills. Either way, I feel like after an experience like this, he'd probably be like, I gotta stop taking these fucking pills. <laughs> do, do we want to add in, like, maybe a little something that suggests it's it's real? Like Probably. Like, I like the idea that it's this last little remnant of her spirit trying to trying to kind of get like, get them both to say I'm sorry to each other that they never did. They were too proud to say to like, apologize to each maybe, other. Maybe maybe what I'm about to say right now is corny as shit, but <laughs> I think we're kind of veering into corny territory already just with the idea of this, but yeah. at least it's not at least it's not like <laughs> hyper realistic eyes and shit like that, so you know, I'm maybe, okay with it. <laughs> maybe in the end there's no batteries in a rumble pack. <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our closer. Yeah. Our stinger, if you will. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! We just some quality B jokes. <laughs> Speaking of which, funny meme of the B movie. Um, <laughs> you know, I I I remember less about the B movie and more about what I've seen of the it's the Brazilian knockoff version, Little B, Little Bees. <laughs> this guy did a YouTube. I think it was Crobo Productions did a YouTube poop of the of the trailer for it and made it even stupider than it already was. Well, that's People good. really, really, really don't like Little B. <laughs> Little B is a film that people really don't like. <laughs> well, um... And it, it, and it looks as bad as it sounds. Well, that's good. It kind of sounds like we have the skeleton of a story now. Yeah, I think there certainly is enough that we could like, write a little synopsis, general synopsis and then just kind of build off it later on during the editing phase. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Uh, up front, I didn't really explain what we're going to do with this now that we have the skeleton, which is, uh, the plan is for us to do one episode of this a month for a whole year. And at the end of the year, we will have 12 story ideas. And then we're going to take it to the listeners 
to vote on which story idea they like the best, and that story is going to get adapted into a Midnight Marinara. <laughs> and well, this one might be tough to adapt. Yeah, because it's a haunted game story, but maybe somebody will like it enough they want to actually write it in detail. Because I, yeah, I would kind of yeah. like to see this. <laughs> and yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, if you're listening, if if you want to take a crack at writing this as a full story, uh, I I think I we'd be happy to see what you could come up with. Yeah, I'd like to see I'd like to see a few variations on some of the stuff we come up with. That'd be a lot of fun. So yeah, um, this went a lot better than I was expecting it to. Because like I did like we were we were faced with a pretty tough task. It's like come up with a haunted cartridge game story that isn't crap, essentially. I mean, I mean, that wasn't really the goal, but I think we kind of agreed early on that we were going to do that, just so it wouldn't be, like, a dime a dozen. Yeah. I we, think we, we came up with something pretty solid. We, we could have very easily uh, made your run-of-the-mill haunted cartridge story. Uh, I, I think we both know the tropes well enough by now that we could have, like... Like, before... <laughs> my, my brain... The stupid place my brain went to... Uh, like involve like a, a literal hive mind <laughs> like the 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 ai of buck bumble was taking over tech like all the technology in this guy's <laughs> life but all the ai in buck bumble is like vastly inferior to all the other technology in his life so it just, <laughs> so it just makes everything terrible it's just it's everything crashes constantly and it's has like, really has really mushy graphics <laughs> it's like if if an AI became self-aware, but, that, you know, that's that's a story idea right there. If an AI became self-aware, but it was retarded? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if an AI became self-aware and dominant, but was like a Commodore 64. <laughs> so all screens suddenly become like 7 by 12 pixels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, do you have anything you want to plug, Mike? Ah, uh, well... Let's see. Actually, we had the uh, first part of Shadow Out, Shadow Out of Crime on uh, Midnight Marinara. Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. That finally went up. That's uh, based on my Bishop and Holiday uh, book series. It's an urban fantasy comedy series. And I co-wrote it with David King. Uh, basically, he and I did it like, um, what is that? Uh, Good Omens, the book by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, where uh, we passed it back and forth between each other and we added different parts to the story. Nice. Uh, I think I think ours was more patchwork because uh, essentially he had this story that he wanted to do something more with and kind of revisit. I had some unfinished Bishop and Holiday stories I didn't know what to do with, so we kind of stapled them together and kind of molded them until they fit. Uh, and part two is hopefully going to be done recording by the end of the month, but barring any other accidents and uh, house issues and recording problems and whatnot. So hopefully that'll be ready by next month, but we'll have to see. Um, on that subject, the... Uh, Amityville Nuisance is the latest Bishop and Holiday book that came out last Valentine's Day. That's still available if anyone wants it on uh, in print or ebook format. You can get it on Amazon, and you can find links to it at mikestoybox.net. Right on. Uh, I guess. What have you I'll... been doing lately? Um, I wrapped up the Revolver series. Um, okay. Uh, on my Ignis Pergamentum channel, uh, part six is up. There's a playlist where you can listen to all six parts. Uh, the Revolver series, uh, six different stories. Uh, that six very different stories that all end the same way. That's that was how I uh, wanted to. That that was the catchphrase I had in mind. Um, do they all end the same way? Um, they do. Listen, um, l- listen and find out, viewers, or listen. Uh, they they do. <clears throat> it's it's no secret. Uh, all 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 of the revolver series stories end with someone getting shot in the head with shot with a revolver. Uh, <laughs> take 
taking their own life with a revolver. There we go. Um, is each story written by different people, or? No, uh, I wrote and, uh, narrated all of them. Oh, okay, so this is, yeah, cause I, I remember you mentioning this, but I hadn't looked into it yet, so I didn't know you actually wrote it as well as narrated. So that's very cool. Uh, yeah, so that's the Revolver series. Uh, I know I don't get to do this on UCA right now, so we're gonna do Alan Recommends. Uh, Alan Recommends watching, uh, I don't know if I've ever recommended Lucha Underground on the show before, so I'm gonna recommend Lucha Underground. The first two seasons are on Netflix. Uh, it's pro wrestling made for people who know that pro wrestling is fake, so they really add, like, this insane narrative about underground crime. <laughs> um, it is the fucking greatest. At one point backstage, uh, a, nun- a nunchuck fight breaks out. Um, it is definitely worth checking out. Uh, Lucha Underground, first two seasons on Netflix. Uh, I don't think season three is out yet. Season four is about to kick off on the El Rey Network. Oh my god, I love Lucha. Anyway, uh, that is it for this show. Uh... Thank you for joining us. Uh, and that's how we end things. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, Internet. I'm Mark from Comic Nerds Unite, and this is my hetero life mate, Tim. What's up, Mark? And what's up, world? Comic Nerds Unite is a comic book podcast, plain and simple. Our mission statement is bringing nerds together to talk comics. So we pick a book or graphic novel that we all read and discuss it at length. Then we talk about some of the books we read for the week. I love comics! Me too, buddy. Check us out on ComicNerdsUnite.com or on iTunes. Comic Comic Nerds Nerds Unite! This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Ha, 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 ha.